This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark. And today we have Robert B. Westerfield Jr., who is our guest. And this man does just about everything, including a few paranormal pet encounters. And we will be talking with him right after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. Hello, Robert. How are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good. I'm enjoying the uh, balmy tropical weather we're having in Florida. <laughs> Again. I, it's a little late for yeah. October. It's hot and humid. This reminds me of being a kid and going out and trick-or-treating in a mask because back in the old days, oh, and just sweating <laughs> profusely. And now I'm an adult and it's even worse. I don't even get to wear the mask and I just sweat. But yeah. uh, you have got quite quite a resume. I've known you for several years through Necronomicon, and I'll just read the bio that you have up, um, and then feel free to add on all that other really cool stuff that you do down here. Uh, I know it took us a while to uh, to connect up because you have multiple titles like I do, and of course our schedules are always insane. So Robert fell in love with the idea of movie making after seeing Star Wars and Wizards. For many years, he created costumes and props until he was able to work on Shockwave Dark Side. During that film, he was able to work with Dan DeFlippo on the and the other producers learning that part of the craft. This opened the door for him to make more of his own movies. And so learning the cost of live action movies, Robert chose to follow the post-war Japanese animation model. So drawing uh, is a little bit cheaper or the same price, excuse me, as doing live action. And so you have Westerfield Studios and it says the first IP was purchased in 2015 and you started doing animation. And I know you work with a lot of people out there. Yeah, well, the original quote that you slightly tore up there was it costs the same much money to animate a peasant village as it does a starship so japan after the war had no resources so that's where you know we got robot boy and all those different bizarre science fiction stories is it was so easy to go from japanese samurais to space samurais and capture everyone's imagination Oh, no, that's cool. I need to do a separate interview with you one of these days for the humanities courses that I teach, because I think they'd love that. Now, oh, yeah. I know when I called you, it also said uh, chimney sweeper. 
<laughs> what else do you do? So I was making armor for movies and reenactors. And a Civil War friend of mine introduced me to her brother that needed a suit of armor. And he turned out to be a chimney sweep. So he gave me a very lucrative business 20 years ago. And that has literally paid for all my bizarre sailboat outings, mountain climbing, and traveling around the world to help teach filmmaking and storytelling to other people. Wow, that's incredible. And I know you go to Necronomicon every year. Um, I think I've met you there years ago. And then we started talking a couple years ago as well. And it's just, wow, starting to peel back all those layers uh, as to, to everything that you do is quite incredible. And to top it off, you've had paranormal pet encounters. So do you want to tell us about that? So we've always been aware of the paranormal and I've had a couple run-ins and I've talked to you about Cecil's grave, but I never had an animal one until we purchased a house three years ago in July. It was a 1940s house in St. Petersburg. And the first thing we ran across was an old lady that the best way to describe her is the old lady from, oh, I forgot, Sylvester and Tweety. So oh, grandma, gran granny. And she just, kind of stood around a little bit. We're like, oh, cool. Residual energy, whatever. And then I was carrying something into the kitchen and the cat ran out, except for we didn't own a gray fluffy cat. And oh, wow. I asked the wife if she's seen a cat running around. She goes, yeah, it's like a little white or gray one, right? And I go, yeah. She goes, okay, that's really super weird. I didn't really tell anyone about it. And my goddaughter was over there and she goes, did you just see the cat? And I go, which one? And she goes, the gray one. I was like, okay. So that to me, that's proof that something's happening, but it doesn't interact. It just looks like it's residual energy. Oh, that's interesting. Have you done any research on the house? Because both my mom and I are in 1940s houses in St. Pete. And when I first moved into mine, it actually had a like a 1950s uh, older woman housewife. And we actually did some research. And it turns out she and her husband, who uh, ended up becoming retired military, lived here. He died and she stayed on for a while. And uh, the pugs never really interacted with her too much. But I would, every now and again, I would hear voices coming from the living room, a female voice. It has not been too prevalent lately, but I'm just kind of curious. Did you talk to any neighbors or anything about the cat or the woman? Most of the neighbors are kind of useless for this time period because I'm putting her back as like original owner or second owner. The last two or three okay. owners we've documented back has nothing to do with that that dress. I mean, I, I, we do a lot of historical things and I know when she's from. So it's, you know, it's got to be okay. the first or second owner. And we just haven't gotten back into the records. Kim actually does that for a living. So we just haven't had a lot of energy to put into that area to hunt down the original builder. That is interesting, though. And they do not interact at all. No, hmm. I mean, she'll be looking... Well, residual is residual. Yeah, I don't feel that she's interacting at all. And you really don't see her. You kind of get a feeling of which way she's looking. Okay. But the cat, you get to see, or we do, and it, it just zips by. It's never sitting still. It's always in motion. And it's not a solid white or a solid black, right? It's definitely, in, in real life, it would have been a gray cat. And if you, you know, 
turn down the opaque opacity okay. in, in Photoshop. It's got a it's got a gray white look to it and it's fluffy. Kind of reminds me of the white cat in Disney. I forgot the name of that one. But oh, uh, the aristocrats. Yeah. Aristocrats. Yeah. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, about That's her. interesting because, okay, because I have a page called Shadow Pets. I can't remember this. Sorry, guys. Halloween rocking right around the, the corner oh, and yeah. we are just like running. But essentially, the Shadow Pets are oftentimes reported as not interacting. They're constantly in motion and they kind of disappear or scatter once they're sighted. They don't want to have anything to do with us. And some are reported as solid white, not just solid shadow, but also a white color. So I wonder if you have a shadow cat of the white variation. And usually I'd be curious to find out if it was a feral cat, because it seems like shadow animals are oftentimes more reported with wildlife or feral animals than they are with pets. Do you think that could be a possibility? Maybe, I would maybe say she was a no cat lady the, who took in a feral? I would say no on the feral. It's real super fluffy and clean looking. You definitely get the feeling from both of the, the, the energy that it's their house. So I get that feeling. Okay. Well, what a loyal cat to stay with its owner like that. Just don't, uh, don't let it have any, don't let it have any Tweety birds. I don't know. If you do happen to see a Tweety or the bulldog, uh, then we'll definitely know where it's coming from. But that is, is kind of an interesting really cool. story. When we got the house, we, uh, there was an owl on the corner of the fireplace and we thought the real estate agent had left it there for us. And, I kind of snuck over to it and it looked at me. And so we our welcoming was a owl flew down the chimney and was hanging out in the living room when we showed up. So that was a first for me because also being a chimney sweep, I have never had an owl in a house in, in 20 some odd years. Wow, that is cool. Sorry, the hug's hearing something out there. It's their job. Now you've had other, oh, it is. And they take it very seriously. <laughs> it's the only thing they take seriously. Uh, and it's only if I'm talking on the phone or on Zoom or trying to teach from home. But it's fine. You've had other paranormal encounters because I know we talked about uh, a location in Tampa where it was definitely a more subtle encounter. But do you want to tell us about any other uh, phenomenon that you've run into? Well, there was the, um, the old Perry Nursery, which is just north of McDill. And there was a, a whole bunch of us were taking blacksmithing courses there. And the owner of the property, um, Mr. Perry, his son, again, Mr. Perry, said he never felt or saw anything. But there was three or four of us kids at the time, you know, 15 to 20. And we would run for the gate at night just because we didn't want to get gotten by the boogeyman. And, you know, hair standing up on end, chicken skin, pretty scared. I had a poltergeist and like you felt a present oh yeah it was it, it was definitely like Ooh. you know satan was watching you it was a really not a good feeling i don't know how much we hyped it up versus how much was real but you gotta say being alone there i would still run for the gate not trying to impress anyone and you had a friend at necro that kind of said the same thing that i think was taking the 
the class with you and yes. that sentiment that he was so funny because he said you don't run you walk out because if you try to run you'll trip over something in the dark and make it worse <laughs> but um you know multiple people talked about that that would be my luck so that's why when i talk about the paranormal i'm like always be calm be very calm because uh, i would be one who probably you know hit the wall or fall down the stairs or something so uh, that sense of grace and beauty yeah, remember the last unicorn. Never run from a mortal that attracts your attention. That's the best That's piece right. of advice I ever heard. Oh wow! And I, and you know, that movie has been coming back up recently, and I'm not sure why. There's been kind of a new interest. It's its anniversary, but last year, maybe because Gen X is like, is that what it is? Okay, okay. Because if you are a Gen X, then you should remember this movie because that was pretty trippy. Actually, it was. Wow. Anyway, watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Now, you were saying that you met a poltergeist in St. Pete. Let's just go back to revisit um, Last Unicorn. So The Last Unicorn was made from the guys that okay. did The Hobbit and The Two Towers or Lo The Lord of the Rings movie that Bakshi did. So The Last Unicorn mm -hmm. was the last independent production they did before the little uh, company that did Howl's Moving Castle bought them. So that's a that's an yeah, interesting. That's right because the animation styles. Because I remember that there was a comparison, and I remember reading about that history, and how the post production after they were bought animation, you can see the similarities, but the the dynamic element of the animation post purchase is is really very cool. Oh yeah. Yep, I definitely got to have you come in and talk on these for me. <laughs> and let's talk about that very quickly that poltergeist in st pete then we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll we'll see what projects you're doing and what we're doing and where everything is going to go so tell me about the poltergeist in st pete so we were at a party central st pete town not city and this would have probably been 35 years ago and the girl was joking about the house being haunted and none of us had taken a thought about anything she was saying because you know we're all way young and we heard a thwack against the wall next to the um, air conditioner control and there was one of those little um, cheap steak knives sticking out of the drywall and <laughs> no one turned away from th the ability to throw it without looking at it would have been the only way anyone in the room could have done it or there had to be someone else in the house because I was facing the general direction and everyone was in my view. So I immediately was like, who did it? And I'm looking okay. at everybody going, no one could have done it and turned in time. So I promptly left because I've never had an experience like that. I was like, yeah, this is beyond me. Wow. Well, yeah, usually if it's a knife, the ghost is trying to make a point. You know, it could have been something much more harmless, but as so to speak, it's a pointed statement that the ghost is yeah, making, you know, I, maybe not to joke about them. They're quite serious. I, yeah, I was just, you know, I've heard of things moving. I've never seen anything move in my entire life, but something like that was like, oh, you know, this is, this is something you can't fight. Got to go see you later. Bye. But uh, it was just kind of interesting. <laughs> I didn't even remember that until I was talking to you. Well, uh, see, and I have actually seen a couple of things move, but it's very subtle. It's not 
movies and everything's floating and flying through the air and i'm like no that's got to be like demon level and i don't deal with that so but when something happens to me it's almost enough that you know something significant has happened but you're not 100 percent sure that it's supernatural it's always that thing where you're like but i can't figure out how this would have happened otherwise you know and i we have had uh, one of my favorites that i've mentioned in the past is uh the woman her father passed away in her house she was wondering if he was still there and this Bible just kind of like comes off the shelf and drops down. And we spent like the next hour trying to see if we couldn't replicate that with pounding the walls. We literally weighed the Bible and everything. And it was, it was startling, but it did not go far, you know? So it, it came out far enough to probably about four feet off the wall before it hit the ground. You know, it is one of those things. So, but I can appreciate the idea that you're like, you know what? If they're throwing knives, I'm out. <laughs> so, I'd probably do the same. I'd be like, okay, that's your statement. We're going to head. Well, there's definitely one thing about something moving, like, like a knife sliding across the table versus one going into the wall. There's, there's, that's, a, that's a shocking difference. Yeah, and it's a warning. Uh, it's definitely a warning. All right, we're going to pause for just a second. We'll get some producer work done in between, and then uh, we'll return and we'll talk about what you think of the paranormal, and then uh, we'll start doing some plugging of upcoming projects. So we'll be right back after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. All right, and welcome back. So... My final question on on your encounters. So why do you think these things have happened to you? What do you think is the cause? Are you and your wife particularly sensitive or something else that's happening? Well, that opens up a whole nother keg of worms. I've always been into meditation and being aware. And kind of interestingly, when I was 18, I started working at a welding company. And we were very good at divining you know finding things so if someone left their hammer somewhere the boss could walk over to it no matter where it was and pick it up and after being there for 30 years off and on Mm -hmm. um, two or three of us other folks kind of picked up the same thing and we just wrote it off to the 
the three-phase electricity and not being unaware that stuff like that could happen. So we weren't against it. And I remember he, within six months, he lost his bone-handled knife and he was all in a tither about it. And he said, dude, I, I can't find my, my favorite hunting knife. And so we walked out to the area where he said it was in the yard. And he goes, it's right here. And I go, you were unloading this trailer. He goes, yeah. So we did the whole feeling around using the force type thing. And it took us about 10 minutes of him walking away and coming back, tracing his footsteps to all I had to do was turn around and look. And it was right there. It was eight inches behind where we were standing. So I believe in that type of stuff. And it's interesting that you, you bring up metal. He finds metal all the time. And he even talks about that. And metal holds that energy. Ghosts love metal as well. So I think that's kind of an interesting correlation. But I'm not a, I'm not a fan of ghosts. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a skeptic. I'm a fan of residual energy. But as far as an, an entity staying here, I don't think we do that. I think anything here is from somewhere else. And the best way that I try to explain that is if okay. anyone's ever into astral projection, you get to go somewhere, but you make a disturbance in the swimming pool when you go somewhere and you can attract other things that way. And they might not be particularly from our dimension or oh, you know, whatever you're talking about. But I think pretty much when you die, you're dead. I don't think any of us have enough energy to come back and do anything. Okay. I, I try to listen to a lot of proper historic seances and um, as little bit of research as I can do. And I can't find any proof of someone being the person that is dead doing something. Does that make sense? Okay. It does. It does. I mean, even Houdini was a skeptic and he said, well, if there is an afterlife, then hold a seance and I'll give you a message. And, you know, it's just, this is where the supernatural gets to be interesting because it's just enough well, it could be something. They got part of the message, but not the whole message. And so was it a guess? Was it the supernatural? And that's where I think working with the paranormal is always so intriguing because you're like, so was that was that something? So I do think it's kind of interesting to, um, to see. I don't think ghosts are as active as people like to think they are. Like people are like, oh my gosh, it's October and all sorts of stuff's going to happen. And I'm like, nah. You know, it might happen because you're thinking about it, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, they're here all year. I mean, why just October? Yeah. So it, it's truly intriguing. Now, what projects are coming up for you? Well, we're doing something that I'm wasting my money on and probably will, will lose my shirt on, but it's called <laughs> Dolls of New Albion, and it's a steampunk rock opera. And we've just hired a choreographer and, and lead actress for that. Another project that we're doing is, is a group of projects. We're doing several classic golden age science fiction films from some of the, the classic 1960s, 1950s sci-fi writers. H. Beam Piper is, nice. is going to do, we're going to do a couple of those. Okay. Uh, now, if people want to find out what you're doing, how can they contact you or where do you list your activities? Pretty much I'm a Facebook type guy. Each, each movie that we work on is all slow simmers because we're, we're building a studio, not just a movie. We have a Facebook page for most of each of those, but we're pretty active on either Westerfield Studios, Facebook page or Robert Westerfield, one or the other. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me for, for chit-chatting. Okay, okay. 
Yeah, I know that it, it was a messenger contact for us for a while there. Okay. And I'm going to try to make sure I follow Westerfield Studios too. You're coming out to um, Sci-Fi Brandon, right? In January? Sure hope so. Yes. Yeah. Because we got a- February, we got a early February. Yeah. yeah. We've got a 10 by 10 for the studio down there that we'll be talking to everybody promoting our, our videos. Oh, that's awesome. All right. And from the spirits of St. Petersburg side, there's Halloween started in September. <laughs> and we are rocking our way through the holiday. Uh, Friday the 13th, uh, there is a book signing for me at SESH, which is on 4th Street North. It's the old melting pot in St. Petersburg. It is the place that we investigated, and it took me 20 years to get us in there. The building actually sold. It's a historic building. It goes way back. And the new owners, I oh, killed me because I finally had an agreement from the melting pot to come in and do an investigation. And then COVID hit and everything shut down. And then the melting pot put the building up for sale. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get in there. And then there were articles that started popping up on social media about how it sold. And I'm like, hey, I know your building's haunted. Every time I saw it and the owner finally contacted me and we got in and the entire restaurant, just so you know, is decorated in movie ghost themes. So there's Ghostbusters. Oh, wow stuff i think there's cabin on the hill yeah it's really very interesting so i'll be there five to seven uh there's an art show opening after that that i have a piece in called 11 11 z's i can never say that properly for this saturday is hauntazar followed by art walk sunday i'm doing a podcast in gulfport and we're doing a dress rehearsal because october 21st is the rosa park haunted tour and bazaar there we go i knew i could do that and then i I can't remember. The 29th, I know, is also Halloween on Central. I will be in Voodoo Village this year. So uh, please definitely do come out and support your local folks if you're in this area. Otherwise, look for Robert's work. How can people find your movies? Primarily, we until we start doing our own productions, we advise and work on other people's films. And the only non-disclosure I can talk about was working on Shockwave Dark Side. I accidentally filmed a documentary on filmmaking at Cannes a couple of years ago because we were invited to go and the film students canceled their project. So I showed up at Cannes with a bunch of film equipment. So we shot a documentary. So the short of that is on YouTube. Uh, and there's a few other little animated shorts that we've, that we've worked on. But because of the non-disclosures, I, I can't talk about any of the feature films. Okay. I understand. Well, I definitely want to thank you so, so much for being on here. It's been uh, it's been a couple years of, of trying to get us together to talk a little bit, and I'm glad we finally did it. We can check that off the list. I want to thank everybody out there for listening. If you have Paranormal Pets episodes that you would like to talk about or recommendations on folks or stories that you'd like to share, let me know. You can reach me through PetLifeRadio.com. Otherwise, I am going to wish you all happy haunting. Stay safe for Halloween. We'll catch you on the other side. Thanks so much for listening. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.